Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Poo's on the roof, poo's on the roof. Everybody likes to do a poo's on the roof. Hello and welcome. No. To the worst idea of all time. If you think that you can best that intro, I'd sure love to hear it. (laughs) I count me amongst those who think that they could best that intro. As someone who, you know, might have known that an intro was forthcoming. Crack it out. Do I'm, your one. Do okay. your one. Uh, hello and welcome along to another exciting episode. Mine's worse. Boring. Yeah, well, fucking. Oh, suck. Oh, just. Boring. Just be friends. Lame. Just be friends. Shitty. Just be friends with me. It sucks. <laughs> You've got a bad attitude. Uh-oh. You've had a bad attitude all night. Oh, it sucks. <laughs> you've been naughty and Ooh. you've been rude. And now you're, you're being downright cheeky. I resent these accusations. Okay, go and ahead. I'll defend myself and one by one with my dying breath. Uh, cheeky, I'll give you. When am I not cheeky? <laughs> I'm a cheeky guy. Cheeky is as you're cheeky, cheeky. does. I've seen you be serious. Um, and you no, know, look, the naughty bit, probably what you're referring to is I got incredibly bored watching F9, The Fate of the Furious, for the fifth time. And I decided that I could do a better job than whoever was hired to soundtrack the movie. And you weren't completely wrong. We took turns. Well, after yeah. I Initi- ripped the scare off. After it. you initiated, Not and the whole do you know what? It was just for scenes when there's very little dialogue, and we know what those ones are now. So we're like, let's give it a go. We're well versed in the movie. I don't even remember what the first one was that I did. Mm. Oh, I know what it was. Van Halen. Yeah. Running with the devil. It was a cool, uh, kick-ass sort of sounding song. And you, you scored it, actually. It was um, when Vin Diesel or Dominic Toretto was tasking his task force 
with uh, various different roles and responsibilities to counter his brother, Jacob, played by John Cena. Um, the wickedly what, talented. The one and only John Cena. But we weren't to know that uh, the beginning of that task force, or we weren't to remember, uh, it actually begins with quite a long flashback in which we see young Dom, played by New Zealand's own Vinnie Bennett, going to prison for, I'm going to say... Manslaughter. Manslaughter. What's, what are the, how do you delineate in a, in a court of law manslaughter from murder? I never fully got my head around it, but I assume what it is is manslaughter is like a little bit accidental. You meant to do harm, but you didn't mean to kill. Is and mur- murder's like, premeditated. Murder's murder premeditated. I think, I don't know if the, I think the premeditation is like a separate thing again. I don't know if, or maybe it's not. I don't know. You want to talk about this in a fictional setting? I want to put you on to, um, and apologies to anyone if I've mentioned this before in a history of conversation, but Patricia Highsmith's The Blunderer. Let's go, baby. Talk to me. Uh, it's a phenomenal setup. I don't actually know. Like, I would say, I've read, I think, every Patricia Highsmith novel, and I don't know that the, um, in terms of execution of vision, that this is the, the, the best. Here he is, Mr. Critic, they call him. Guy, but Mr. Critic Montgomery. As a setup for a, for a novel, it's outstanding. So it's this, um, he's the sort of put upon uh, husband in, in small town America. Mm-hmm. I believe they're in some part of New York. And um, He's sort of exhausted. He's in a he's in a relationship with quite a controlling and exhausting uh, woman who, um, sort of you know has has him under her thumb, and he says, "I, I want to break up with you." And she attempts or feigns an attempt at suicide to maintain the relationship. Well, I know probably should have put a trigger warning at the start of me recounting the plot of the Blunderer by Patricia Highsmith, but this is where that is. And uh, anyway. She he sort of he stays with her. She makes a full recovery, and uh, she continues to be. Once she's made a full recovery, she continues to be quite tiresome company. And he is, becomes uh, sort of. Is the title about her? Because that seems highly insensitive. No, it's about the man, and he becomes obsessed with the idea of. Um, he he becomes obsessed with a historic sort of unsolved uh, crime. In his town, which is about a guy who runs a second-hand store of some variety, I can't remember, who uh, a lot of people believe murdered his his partner, his wife, but was tried and found not guilty. And he sort of, through the newspaper at the library, he retraces, you know, this case, and he becomes fascinated by the entire case. And he goes to, he starts going to this guy's shop and talking to him, just generally. Then also with more specific interest mm. in, you know, how would how would one get away with this sort of thing? And if you're not familiar with Patricia Highsmith, she wrote the all the talented Mr. Ripley books, um, Deep Water, Tremor of Forgery. You know, she's obsessed with this sort of specific dynamic and, uh, you know, uh, not necessarily unpunished crimes, but like, you know, the, 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 the web that we weave and, you know, minor decisions leading to catastrophic outcomes and then also the web of deceit and the, the sort of the net of paranoia closing in around people. And... Um, he becomes so, totally obsessed by this, and uh, he's sort of tracking it. And his his um his wife is going to Buffalo in northern New York to visit her sick mum, and she catches a bus. And he's like, "Okay, 
I'm going to do it. And he gets in the car and he starts following the bus mm-hmm. upstate. And he's following it and he's thinking about what he's going to do. And the bus pulls over for a um, you know, restroom break at this sort of, you know, in this clearing above a ravine. And uh, he parks the car, you know, some distance away and watches his wife get out of the, the bus and walk up, you know, like walking around, just stretching her legs and walking up to the edge of the ravine. And he gets out of the car and he's watching her. And he watches as she takes one step too far and slips and falls over the ravine and slides down this ravine to her death. Whoa. And he's like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Okay, he gets back in the car and he drives back home. And he's like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, I can't believe this happened. And it seems perfect because, you know, basically his desired outcome has occurred without him needing to incriminate himself. But the police arrive to say, hey, yeah. so you know this is what's happened. Mm. Your wife has been found. Um, where were you at the time? And he's like, ah. Oh. And he has to lie. Mm. And so the blunderer refers to the series of sort of, you know, the, the alternative timeline or information he provides. Well, you know, and they're it's a like good premise. For it's a, a book. it's a perfect premise, isn't it? It's have you, how much have you explained of the story? Are that I would describe that as kind of the the setup because the wow. ti- the title refers to the fact. Wow, wow, uh, that he, you know he blunders his way through, and you know, um, anyway. I can't even remember why I'm talking about this, just because probably it's a more exciting thing to discuss. Well, it does somewhat relate to a little theory that you had on this watch, doesn't it? Oh, uh, I not, think it's it's it's, it's um, not it's not a million miles away. Yeah. And you know what? You didn't say it explicitly, but to bracket me in the company of one of the greatest suspense writers of all time is um it's it's very generous, Tim. That's and how I think of you. That's how I categorise you in my brain. My theory uh, for this particular screening was that. So at the start of the movie, obviously, we've got Letty, Michelle Rodriguez, and Dominic Toretto, Vin Diesel, living off the grid with young Brian, who we, at this point in the podcast, do believe is Vin Diesel's biological son. He sure is. Uh, adopted little boy. Or step-parented by Letty. But, you know, the, the reference to the, the, the deceased mother is um, suggests it's not hers. And... I mean, it's not... Uh, you know, they lay it on pretty thick. Yeah, yeah they, no wiggle room for suggestion. Wow, you say that, but there's you know cipher, the woman that killed the mother of your child. That's the lot, like it's there, it's right there, unmistakable. Yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, my theory is that so lacking is the sexual chemistry between the characters, uh, that it almost cannot be just a, a matter of acting. That it must be or like lack of acting ability. Exactly, think, yeah. it, it must be ingrained of inside of the story of the film. And you know, as with some of the best movies, there is a degree of confidence that the director imbues in the audience that they can pick up on subtext. And mm-hmm. especially with repeated screenings, we can start to unearth or discover things that are, you know, there's a saying in um, filmmaking: "Show don't tell." Mm. And I, I believe there's that, another saying as well pertinent to our adventure. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, I've seen the movie two times. <laughs> fool me thrice, you won't fool me again. Here we are, watch number five, guy <laughs> figured it out. That's the saying. I've always thought it was too obscure, and it's nice to finally walk into it and really look at it and say, I get you. I get it. So um, Letty is so 
dissatisfied. I don't want to say sexually displeased, but I will say unfulfilled by the relationship with Dom. They're living off-grid in a barn. They've basically cut off contact with anyone else in their lives. Not that we know the full, you know, the depth and breadth of friends and family you who have been go abandoned. go to the supermarket sometime. Wow. You know, these days in this modern age, deliveries and whatnot. Oh, true. Uh, that she's basically, she's facilitated or created this intense artifice with her close, her and both Dom and her close friends, but, you know, those who really know, know, to be like, look, I cannot live out here anymore. And simultaneously, I cannot bring myself to break up with Dom. And so what I must do is I'm going to need you guys to come out here and we will orchestrate some sort of farcical global problem or espionage issue that requires immediate attendance that is, you know, intense and alluring enough to justify me coming, but not so strong that it would lead Dom to abandon Brian, his son, yeah. and this life that he's worked so hard to build and earn for us both. So you will come out here, Roman, Ramsey, Tej, and you will lay out a circumstance in which it is necessary for me to come, but not Dom. Cut to Mr. Nobody. Mayday, mayday. We're going down rogue agent on board. The plane is under attack. <laughs> toot, toot. And, uh, it's my favorite bit of the movie. That's there. right. And they've, they've literally hired, I would argue, in the world of the film, Kurt Russell and paid him on cameo. They've given him a suit. <laughs> they've no, given he comes back later. $120 an hour. If that was his and sole <laughs> bit of the movie, that would be so funny. Just a shit, staticky, monochromatic It's actually a good, It's a good way to make a, a, a home film. Yeah. Cameo, cameo. And, cameo and post-production. Hey, could you just um, send a message to my cousin whose name is, oh my God, I can't believe this has happened. I didn't mean to pull the trigger. And can you just be really sad about her birthday because she's not looking forward to turning 50? That's, that's, what you, that's a script that sounds like you would write for Alec Baldwin. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Alec Baldwin, man, that guy. Anyway, so she's basically like, okay. We simply don't need to get into it. And we shan't. Or shall we? We shallent. <laughs> Why is it not shallent? I don't know. It should be, shouldn't it? We shall not. We shan't. We shan't. We shallent. Where do the L's go when you shan't? They just fuck right off. Yeah. That's the thing with these contractions, these abbreviations. You, you can really cherry pick which consonants Start you throw lo- out. Start lobbing off other well, random letters. Do you know what's confusing? Is doing you, a usually job. it's vowels. You're yeah. usually shedding vowels. Exactly. It's very L, rarely. L's a pretty lazy letter, though. Oh, L's soft. Palm, psalm. L's pillowy. Some other ones. It's like, psh, just okay. fuck off. L is in psalm. If you're talking lazy, what about the P in psalm? <laughs> yeah, not wrong. Not wrong, brother. But the P it is... the fucking attitude. But P, but P it is... It elevates the word. P what? Is, a silent letter makes something a bit nicer? Brother, listen to me. Eat shit. P hey, is one of the two motherfucker. Pl- plosive sounds in English alphabet. It's It's got power. And then for some reason, if you chuck it before an S, it's like, I'm going to keep my shit to my shit. <laughs> yeah. No one's going to know what I'm doing here. If it weren't for P and B, ventriloquists would rule the world. And that's just facts. <laughs> I've seen some pretty good P's and B's from yeah. some ventriloquists but, online recently. But do you know how... Like, it's crazy stuff. You know what you got to do? 
you gotta you gotta fucking put it sideways. The peas and bees are what peanut pre- butter. It's what prevents peanut it from being butter. more peanut butter miles off. Oh, they said uh, actually I remember the tip. It was like okay, so you do that, you've gotta go like push your lips to the side. I mean, you worked so hard not to watch the movie when it was on, and now and then, you're working equally hard not to you're discuss about the a book movie. for a long time. I'm good. <laughs> and then you they let said, me. And then, you gave me enough rope. What keys do I have that you don't to this pod? And then you got to make it like <laughs> what I saw on the TikTok is you got to make a T sound and that comes out as a P when you're doing a dummy. When you do a D, you do a T. All I'm saying is that if P's and B's were easy, we'd have more ventriloquists and it would be a bigger problem than it is. <laughs> it is a problem. Only You're so right about that. Only the dedicated Fuck. freaks. Are you right about that? It used to be you have to watch a whole home movie and now what, they've distilled the essence of ventriloquism to TikToks? I don't like it. I don't like what it says for our future. Yeah. Letty finally is given the keys out of this loveless relationship as her friends show up, they deliver their speech, she sells it. Everyone buys in. Except Dom's like, Roman. I can't go. Yeah, Roman. Yeah, they yeah. didn't tell Roman because she doesn't trust that he can keep the secret. And it literally doesn't make a difference because he exa- he acts exactly the same yeah. no matter what. So the 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 pitch is sold. She's out there. She's getting on her motorbike. She said to Dom, "I'm sorry, I got to go." I reckon that the ride she has from the barn. Yeah. Like to the end of that dirt road is yeah. probably as free as she has felt that since motorcycle before ride. she became entrenched in a relationship with Dominic Toretto. I yes. think that that is when she f- experiences true uh, euphoria and like detachment and just a sense of self maybe that hasn't been present since speculatively Fast and the Furious 6. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I mean, and if we're talking, you know, there's a few things I want to get into about, um, you know, what has come before us to lead us here. Mm-hmm. And one of them is something that we spoke about quite a lot during the film, which is the, the instrumental refrain, which is um, repeated in various different forms. Can and you remember it? The movie. Dun, dun. That sounded like um, <laughs> Law and Order. Uh, well, Boston Legal. No, it's like, oh, when I do the dun, dun in my head, the rest of it plays. But that's not helpful. Could you just fucking hum it, man? Something. Oh yeah, it is that kind of yeah. It's a, it's an a approximation. But is this is this and people you know the fast heads will know. Oh well, hold on. No, I've got a different bit of it in my head. Um. Oh, I can't really do it. Nah, fuck. Nah, I can't really like grab it. But it's like I've got the strings bit at the start. It's a, it's it's a it's an ongoing refrain, and I don't know if it's bespoke to Fast Nine or if it's something that has been pulled from previous movies, and mm. it's like a this common is the question, a common thread is that this weaves the fast theme through the entirety of the franchise. Probably not. Is there a fast theme on the balance of things? I think there, there's got to be an instrumental refrain. This is the thing with James it's, Bond, man. They got there so early. They were like, "What about this?" And Doctor No, and then it's in all of them. Boom. Hit it out of the park because it's it's almost John Barry and his orchestra. What did someone crushed it? In terms of historic, ongoing, high earning franchises, what are some of the points of difference in what ties together the Bond franchise and what ties together the Fast franchise? The Bond franchise is like one dude. 
I guess Vin Diesel was arguably that dude. We were talking about that. Okay, so there was a conversation that I'm pretty sure we had with Joseph Moore on the Lost tapes when we did this the first time around. And I'm pretty sure we were talking about part of the reason this franchise is so epically successful at the box office is because from day dot, it has had a like organically and meaningfully diverse cast baked into the DNA. Like it is an international feeling American movie, mm. you know? Um, and that's very rare in Hollywood. Holly, even now, it's like wow. so many of these big I think blockbuster the, yeah. franchises are still led by whiteies. Well, and the and the you know, the value is that it's there's nothing that is remotely contrived about the casting and yeah, in, yeah, in the it's fast part, it's part of the fucking. Th- it is that you know, it's part of the thing. And I don't know how to say it respectively, but the main white guy is still Paul Walker's dead. Canon within the films. Yeah, they had to keep him alive so that but not you an, and I would not watch. In an on-screen capacity. Yeah. It's so weird to keep him alive. So it's the ma- so odd. The main difference is Bond is one guy in f- the Fast and Furious franchise is multiple characters. Um, Bond is British. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of things that come with that. But I, a, there's, I, a, there's a civility and I was a thinking, suaveness I, to it. I was thinking, this, this is brash. <sighs> Americans are more brash. Yeah. The Brits are more suave. Um, I Dominic Toretto. That's British, though. Yeah, so but I was go. I was thinking um, that the if there is an instrumental refrain that's threaded to the through the entire franchise, it's like a um, it's treating itself like a bit of a sitcom. You yeah, know? like there are there are instrumental refrains that reoccur through sitcoms, and I get you know this has spanned longer than most sitcom. You know, if we think this is like twenty years worth of movies now, mm. and they're doing what. When was the first one, do you think? Do you want to take a guess at that? 2000s. It Two. was in the 90s. 202. 2002. Yeah. 2002. 9-11 happens, and then the next year, the first Fast and the Furious movie comes out. Yeah. I want to say... Something to galvanize the people. You're probably right. Yeah, 0102, yeah. yeah. That feels about right. Oh, three? I don't know. We'll find out at some stage. If I could, so, I, I've I've opened up several points, and it's probably becoming quite frustrating for. Is it frustrating for you? Not at all. Then it's probably not frustrating. I've for got anyone. all the tabs open. I'm keen to see. Yeah. So where they go? I, uh, the I mean, okay. I'll I'll close the um Letty theory, and then we can get into some of the other stuff. But the Letty theory is that she sets up this, you know, this. Uh, quite intricate web of lies which detaches her from Dom and young Brian, frees her from the relationship, and she's eligible to do whatever she wants. And She, she made up a little lie about a little fake computer, right. and then all of a sudden it spun out of control. Kurt Russell helped sell it. Ludacris and Ramsey did their bit. The next day, she's at the airport. She's on the runway. She's about to get in a plane and fly to total freedom. She's got several fake passports. She's got, you know... Uh, $500,000 in unmarked bills and a bank account in the Cayman Islands, which means that she will not have to worry about any of the detritus that she's left behind mm-hmm. in forming this relationship with Dominic Toretto. And then who the fuck shows up in a muscle car with God knows who looking after his son, Dominic Toretto. You gutted. And all of a sudden she's like, okay, Ramsey, Tej, we're going to have to improvise. The game is still on. <laughs> yeah. I said the game was off, it's on. 
we're going to go to a fake country called Monte Quinto <laughs> where I have hired 500 fake military operatives so who have their machine guns loaded with blanks. This totally explains why Monte Quinto is made up, but like nothing else in the movie doesn't exist. You know, like they're in other countries. They're in so, Scotland. Yeah. So they're in Monte Quinto and she's like, I've got this entire thing set up. We've got fake landmines. We've got, you know, I've spent basically... 90% of the money that I have squirreled away in the event that this would happen. I was hoping it wouldn't happen, but this is now Here happening. we are. And so this whole thing plays out and Dom's playing along and Roman, who's like, you know, can't believe that he's invincible. He's yeah. being like, oh my God, I'm invincible. I keep getting shot by people and living. He's literally got no idea he that it's all understand. a front. They're blanks, but dude. There's something about the de- the level of detail and the convincing way in which it's sold that... um. It, it rings true not just for one Toretto, but for all living Toretto's. We're all like, you know, who are directly attached to Dominic Toretto's bloodline. Enter Jacob Toretto, John Cena. And so that's when it starts to go off the rails for her. Can because I ask you this? It rings true for all Toretto's. Does Mia know this is fake? Because she Mia, her well, and Mia, Letty no, hang Mia, out Mia, for Mia's not yet involved. But like she gets drawn in. Eventually, yeah. she just turns up. She doesn't know it's fake. She doesn't know. No, no she's another Toretto like, who just like that, a moth to the, the flame. There's, a, there's an extra layer of complexity that's introduced. So when when Jacob John Cena shows up, yes, that's when she's like, okay, fuck. You know, this used to be as simple as me this just is, pulling Dom aside and saying, it's I don't, out wa- of hand. I don't want to be in a relationship with it's you. It's what I should have done. I should have been honest. But I should have been honest exactly. three weeks ago. Now she's created, like, now the the intensity, the research, the hours, the money that she has sunk into the this world lie building to extract herself from the relationship has rung so true that genuine mm, Toretto's, Toretto's, plural, and, uh, you know, criminal operatives have become invested in this world she's created. And mm. so it's gone from just a breakup strategy to being this genuine, you know, spy, subterfuge, you know, global catastrophe scenario. Yeah, and you're right. Mia Toretto, like a moth to a flame. She enters the equation. And Which all of a is- sudden, this is why that, we, you know, this is why there are so many gaps in the film. Because mm. basically... You know, Letty, Tej, Ramsey, they're improvising their way through a scenario that's being presented to them. They're just in a lie that got too big. Not unlike the protagonist and the blunderer. This is what I'm saying. Direct parallel. It's funny to think about this um, when you watch the scene of Mia and Letty going to Tokyo. (laughs) Because at that point, Letty's like, fuck me, this got out of hand. And they're sitting down... There, this is. I mean, there's some. They're f- sticking bok choy. Yeah, unwell. Mia, there's a there's a there's a, a, a performance inside separate to this theory that we now talk, exists guy, inside of it. I don't say we. I say guy talked about and brought this up a lot on the lost episodes, and then right. I forgot all about it. And I thought we talked about it maybe on episode one of this, but I don't think we did. Now, in retrospect, if you ever watch, hit him, guy, nine, get him, one fuck of the him up. single best performances in the entire movie is when Mia and Letty arrive in Tokyo and they go out for a meal to talk things over. And I don't know if it's deliberately framed this way, but Mia uh, is acting with chopsticks in a way which is so like utterly and consistently unconvincing. And I don't know if it's like she thought the frame was probably from, 
you know, yeah, elbow true. level up yeah. and didn't, didn't think the bowl was that in. the actual business of what she was doing with her chopsticks was in it, or if she's never held chopsticks before, but is basically, um, I don't know, I feel like it's like she's trying to mercy kill the bok choy in her ramen. It's Look, like she's got a pool. It's like there's something it's in a pool. stuff. I'll tell you what's it's happening. It's like she needs to keep something underwater. It's what it looks like. It's tough stuff because you watch what's happened on script, like what's made it to the release, and you're like, "This is, this is dog shit. <laughs> this is bad stuff." But what it comes from is you can't change the state of something when you keep doing retakes, right? So like you can't take a sip from a drink that's a glass. We can see the water level because you'll fuck it, yeah. and and the um, you know, the continuity will be destroyed. That's why she's trying to frame the food out, dude. Crop it out. We've it's, got high enough res these days. Just crop out that bowl. If you're really we struggling, won't be able to see. Mia, Peter Jackson used a GoPro for a waterfall shot during Return of the King. Okay? We're not going to notice if you crop in on what I'm assuming is like a red camera. Or if it's, you're, it's if, all the same to us. If you're really struggling, Mia, ask for a fork. Grab a fork. There's no shame. Grab a fork from both the fictional character who gave you the ramen in the film and or craft services which exist in the real world we exist in where the production was made. And before we get back to anything else, I just want to say there's a line that that Letty says that I want to know as a man who's picked back up the microphone, he's picked back up the very time-consuming and sort of mind-numbing and frustrating venture that is the worst of all time. She says, there's peace for me in the chaos. Mm. Do you relate to that? Mm. Yeah, I do, actually. I didn't think about that when she said it. She said, uh, did she say, like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I feel like I need to, to take on the world head on. I, I run into, she says yeah. I run into the chaos. Cause she's, it's when she's, it's, she's sort of t- talking about not, no longer living off the grid and in the barn. She says, you know, just when I knew who I was, I got pulled away. Mm. There's, you know, I have to run to this thing. There's peace for me in the chaos. And I thought, is is she speaking to us? Is that for us? Is that for you? Yeah, to an extent, brother. Yeah. We could have walked away and we should have walked away long ago. Long ago. This, do you know what? I was dreading coming over tonight and I, I um, am having a hard Fair time oh. with the two and a half hour runtime of this movie. Yeah, dude. That's but not... Good I'm, I'm, or useful. I'm still excited. And in, in a sense, there is peace for me in the chaos. I do I do look forward to this adventure. And I am enjoying, well, not yet. And it does take quite a long time to do the tracking backwards, but I'm looking forward to tracking backwards. I'm looking forward to seeing what has brought us here. Mm. I imagine as the movies go further and further back. Go on. We are going to watch Dominic Toretto learn to unclench his fists. I so think for us, okay, so that means in the chronology of the series, he learns how to clench his fists. So by the time we step into think nine, I, I don't think he learns. I think he always knows. I think it's that he... Um, so what are we seeing then? What's the change? Just a man who's under constant stress. No, sorry. If we go back, like say we go to Fast 8 or Fast 6 or 3 or 1, are we going to see an a, a hand opening up? I uh, I don't I don't know that it's it's addressed. I don't know that the fist. I don't know that the hand stuff is for. This is like 
extra for experts. I don't think the hand stuff is written into the scripts of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Fast and the Furious 10 hand stuff. <laughs> yeah. I think Fast and Furious 10 is just a three hour long movie in which Dominic Toretto tries to remember how to masturbate, which involves him unclenching. Fast and the Furious is a funny name for a movie. Unclenching his fists <laughs> wide enough to let his penis in. And yeah. this is, by the way, I don't know if I've said this. This is a, I used to do this on stage as a stand-up joke. I said, do you think that Vin Diesel's erect penis also looks like Vin Diesel? And isn't that a lovely tie? Like the and the, mo- the movie poster is <laughs> the head of an erect penis with Vin Diesel's face <laughs> photoshopped on it inside of a clenched fist, just poking out the top of a clenched fist. Oh, my God. And it's called Fast and the Furious 10 Hand Stuff. Hand Stuff. And the further we track backwards, I think we're going to see a, a young Dominic Toretto who knows how to have an open palm. I was imagining when you're driving, you an have to have palm, your hands yes. open. Uh, but when mm. you see him driving in this movie, his fists are always clenched around the wheel. He does get the wheel in there, though. It's on the inside. It's not like he's. After, it's not like oven mitts. He's no, not but driving after like after that. they've like resolved all of the conflict in this movie, he's at dinner with his family. Mm-hmm. He's talking to his son. His yes. son's about to deliver grace for the first time. Yes. This is important stuff to both, you know, him and his family and his character. He's still got his fists clenched. Yeah. What are you preparing for, brother? Dude, when you have lived the life that Dominic Toretto has lived, you got to be ready for a fight. At and all do you know what else? Times. My heart breaks for Liddy. Been through this whole movie. She's right back where she started. She's My in heart LA. Breaks for Dominic Toretto. Why? Because he's so wound up. He's got to walk around with clenched fists at a picnic. That sucks. No one wants to live like that. Not even Dominic Toretto wants to live like that. He just has to. He doesn't have to. He does. Do you know who he's probably getting ready to fight? The fucking ghost of his friend who just pulled up in his car. This is wild. Does the, does, yeah, how strong you have to be to fight a ghost. Does the supernatural exist in this franchise? Does Dominic Toretto believe in ghosts? I have I have to think. You know how um, numbers as a concept are infinite, therefore any word you can think of is a number. So like beer is a number eventually because it has to be. Do you know what I'm saying? No. You know numbers are infinite, right? So any word will be a number at some point. Any collection of letters will be a number because numbers are infinite. Am I with you? you That's where you lose me. Okay. Numbers go on forever, right? Forever. Yeah. yeah. So that means like it's it, there's unlimited possible like combinations of letters that make up the name of a number at some point. Yeah. You got millions, billions, trillions, quadrillions. You just keep changing the name. So what? Eventually, eventually, the, there'll be a number, a number where the where the letters that represent the number yeah. will form a word. Is that what you're telling me? All words, because it's infinite. All words exist in numbers. Yeah. I mean, this is the first I'm hearing of it. Okay. I've always well, thought of them as two I, pretty separate things. Well, <laughs> this sucks because that was supposed to be the given point. <laughs> So we can, I was going to say we can all agree on that, but apparently we can't. So we, okay. So there that's are, a there, thing. there are 10 numbers. Go on. Zero through nine. Those are digits? Everything else is just a recreation. Okay. That represents so there's the infinite, concept of a higher number. Okay, so there's infinite recreations of concepts of higher numbers, right? Which means <laughs> they take the place of all the words you could think of. In the same way, 
I believe in my heart of hearts, Fast and Furious is forever. I think it never, ever ends. And so by that reckoning, I don't think there's been paranormal activity previously, but at some point they have to introduce ghosts because they just run out of... You got to do everything. If the franchise lives forever, everything like happens basically, in Fast and Furious. it's been established in this movie. People can't die in this universe. Han is meant well, to be Vin dead. Can't. He can't die. I think none I of think, it. None of the characters. They're like, uh, excuse me, Dominic Toretto's child's mother was killed by Cipher. So far, what do you? Yeah, so Han death was, is a concept. We, we believe that Han was killed in one of the movies. Han was. It was subterfuge. It was a big trick by Mr. Nobody. What's to stop? Like, if if you're willing to reintroduce that character, what's to stop anyone from being... Yeah, it's true. But uh, you... So, do you know why there's no supernatural activity? Why? Because people can't die. Do you know why all of these actors look so tired? Because their characters are immortal. Yeah, true. That would suck, eh? If you couldn't die. It'd be awful. It's like, um... You're so tired. Yeah. Would you like that? No one, I don't think anyone in their right mind actually wants a mortal life. Or is that what you You can bring it? one person with you. <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think death is uh, absolutely key. It just like, it fucks up the stakes of everything. If you know that at no point you're going to go out, how could you feel anything? You're just like, I've just got to be around forever. I've got too much shit on me. I don't yeah. even want to be around anymore. Also, even like, you know, even as you, even as you age, the accumulation of every decision you've made, which defines how you are. You know, we're work? in our thirties. Yeah. That already feels like a lot. The to be two, to be 200 and carry around every decision you've made. What about this? <clears throat> you get to live forever, like in your 28 till 
forever. Like you stop aging, but you do all your mem- all the mental st- like your mental That's, acuity doesn't go down, but your memories accumulate. We're getting into picture of Dorian Gray territory. Yeah. And that is um What what was the moral from the book? One of the great gothic horror books, yeah. You know the premise? Yeah. You've told me. I mean, I know it loosely anyway, just from, you know, I haven't read it, but... It's a portrait, and all the horrific things he does, the portrait ages, and he You've talked about it on this podcast to me before. That's a good book. Yeah. I'll read it, because you told me it also wasn't too long. Did I? Yeah. I don't know how long it is. What a great example of not the situation I'm describing where you do retain all of your memories. He does, though, and that's what drives him crazy. True. Uh, so it's a no from Guy based on the fact that you yeah, read a book? Yeah. It's a no from me based on the fact I read a book, although I would have more time to read more books. If I only had time. That's not the tune, I don't think. So I don't know if, if we've... I don't know if we've... I don't even know, you know... What we've covered. I don't it seems know what like you've got you're on a you're on a bit of a uh, mission. Some tasks. Yeah. What else do you want to cover? I just, off, brother? I just feel like, uh, you know, I, I you're feel on like a tear. I was I was I was taking out. Um, I was making withdrawals from this movie, and mm-hmm. often, uh, uh, you know what? Most of the time, you know, during these adventures we go on together, it does feel like the movie is taking withdrawals from me. It feels like um, I'm not getting a lot of deposits. You know, and this was an instance where I felt like I, as hard as I found it to watch, I would say conceptually I found it harder than I did physically. I actually had quite a nice time sitting with you, even though you were being cheeky, you were being rude, you were being distracted and distracting. I enjoyed that. Not immensely. I mean, when I did re-soundtrack the movie, that was bold, but you know, I tried. For anyone who's curious, by the way, I would argue that Wings, Paul McCartney's Wings, uh, Uncle Admiral Halsey slash Uncle Albert when um, paired with the Vin Diesel fight underwater dream sequence. When do you kick it off? Do you remember? You kick it off just as Vin Diesel is making eye contact with Michelle Rodriguez through like a, 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 a sort of a porthole mm. or a window. He shuts the door and she's like saying, come with me. And he shuts the door and he's it's like, like a welder's window yeah. and blast furnace. Uh, from that moment, if you hit play on Uncle Albert or Admiral Halsey, um, you, you're going to watch something which is akin to Dark Side of the Rainbow. Yeah, yeah. That's and what we were trying to do, basically, for about four minutes twenty. It was pretty good. It lined up a few lovely little was, moments. It was I think good, it provided fresh context. Now, My shining light. Thanks for asking, guys. Didn't ask. Don't care. For me, this time. There was a particular extra that we get to see in Tokyo whose outfit I thought was dope. Yeah. It's all like white and uh, it's got neon green accents. What we don't talk about is it's a long down set for the extras. Yeah. And often we're looking at an extra and we're thinking what sort of decisions are they making in the world of the film? Mm. But the reality is they're probably, the thoughts that are running through their head are probably like, fuck, I need to piss. I wonder if I can ask to piss. And they're walking through frame. You know, they're, they're, they're canonized. These are professionals, guy. Just because they're extras doesn't mean they're not professional actors. Have you been an extra before? No, sir. Oh, they are so. not professional extras. It's a lot. In a movie like this? It's a long day. They're not professional extras. Extras. <laughs> actors. God damn it. They're not professionals. They're people. They're just people 
who have found a way to earn money on this day. And you are just walking through the background of frame, back and forth, six hours, four hours sitting down, two hours back and forth. You're not thinking in the world of the film. You're not actually building your backstory. You're just a body, just a warm body on a bit of Sally Lloyd. Like, you, know when you, you know when your brain is truly bored? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do know that feeling. <laughs> you know, that is what is running through these, these characters or these extras' heads. Do you think they do what we do? Try to like rebuild the world of the movie just because their brain is desperately crying out for no, because they're input. not witnessing it as a movie, they're witnessing it as a day's labor. But even so, just no, the repetitive nature of the little sequence there, they're, and they're like, like, What if I flip it on its head? They're and like, and this is an LSD, uh, you know, nah. imagination. They're like, I wonder if I can salvage that half head of lettuce in the vegetable drawer. What if we're all brains on a jar? I mean. Yeah, that'll do. Brains in a jar. Brains in a jar on a shelf. Yeah. What if I didn't get lettuce on the way home? My shining light was um, Buddy's voice. The voice of Buddy. The actor who plays Buddy, Michael Rooker? Rooker? I'm going with Rooker. Uh, R-O-O-K-E-R. Best known for playing Yonder, mm. or at least to us, in Guardians of the Galaxy. Got a really satisfying, raspy kind of... I think he does a whistle in those Marvel he movies. Because that's how he controls his arrows. Yeah, yeah. He's got a nice voice. It's a cool character, Yonder. His choice. Because he's sort of a bad guy, but I think he ends up helping Star-Lord at different bits. Can't really remember. It's been a minute. And I won't watch it again. And I think we all know why. No, there's no reason. <laughs> there's no reason. Chris Pratt gets a lot now, eh? He cops it. Yeah, he cops it. And I feel rightly. I don't know, man. Hard to say. Hard to care. It, I mean, doing Mario is fucked. Like, there is a guy, and he's still very much alive, who does all the Mario voices. Get that guy. But it's like, no, that's not how movies work. Yeah. It's like, it could be, though. Same for Garfield. Get a cat. <laughs> yeah, man. This is fucking stupid. While we're in the conversation about... Um, what's his name? Chris Pratt? No, 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 no. Michael Sorry. Rooker? The whale. Um, Brendan... Uh, Fra- uh, no, Brendan fi- Fraser? Yeah. yeah. Wearing a fat suit. Can we please get some representation for cats and stop voicing Garfield? Probably the world's most famous cat by... A comedian humans? Yeah, I don't... He's not a comedian. <laughs> I was thinking of Bill Murray. Okay, I'm still thinking of Chris Pratt, and that's what I take issue with. I don't care if... Wait, the, is Chris Pratt Garfield? Yes. Oh, he got okay. he got cast as Garfield. Okay, enough is enough, folks. And Mario, like, sequentially. Take to the streets. And there was a very... This is very poor form. There's a very funny tweet where someone said, um, you know... Chris Pratt won't see your tweets about him doing voiceover for all of these characters, but your friends who are voiced by Chris Pratt will. That's funny. Hey, do you want to say anything really important before we end? Because I'm committed to ending. Um, really important? Yeah. Well, anything you want to put in in the dying seconds of this episode? Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> what a trap I've laid for myself. I want to thank everybody for listening. Okay. Um, please don't review what, this one. What journey are you on? 
I'll fucking show you the videos when we stop <laughs> no, recording. No, 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 no. Get no. YouTuber. Oh no. Oh boy. Hey, um, hey, listen. <laughs> Just ignore everything guys said then. Uh we love you all and um you know, we'll we'll be back next week. Uh and next week I think we'll watch F nine, the fate well, of the furious. <laughs> we're gonna get a guest. <laughs> We said it last week. We'll say it again. We're gonna, we need to, we need we gotta, to, we gotta get we another need person. To, we in need here. another person. Ah, <laughs> uh, Christ alive. All right. Okay. Um, bye. That's all. Look at building seven.